Can you guys hear me? Good? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another episode of the Open Guardcast. My name is Jake Watson. This is Danny O'Donnell. We are two parts of a whole, half and half of the Open Guardcast, but you can be made whole with Electrum Performance. Open Guardcast 25 is a discount code that you will use to get thicker than your wildest dreams could possibly procure. And we are joined today by Leonardo Silva, sponsored hey. by Browse Fight. And uh, a so, very high-level black belt. We can't wait to get to know him. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? You guys. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Like, it's a, it's a pleasure to me. You know, I, I know Danny, like, since I, since I went to Arizona. Like, I know you. I, you've been fighting with my friend a lot, uh, Mauricio. <laughs> since the purple belt, so I know. Yeah, those were always fun. <laughs> Mauricio beat my butt. <laughs> yeah, I remember when me and him fought... What's well, so funny? Okay, so when I'll tell you a story, Leo. He yeah. uh after because me and him are brothers in Christ as, as well, and uh, he after we fought at Purple Belt, I remember I, I like threw up a triangle like a hail mary that day, and uh and we got I got off the mat and once he won he was like no English so I couldn't even tell him how much I appreciated the fight I just had to like walk away because I was like man I I don't know any Portuguese you know, and then at, at Pan Am's I fought him again. And that was a crazy fight. That uh, my fight with him at Pan Am's was pretty nuts. Man, um, I saw that fight. You almost <sighs> submit him on the triangle. Man, I tore my uh, my LCL that day, actually, yeah. on that knee. And then he passed my guard. He like, and then uh, <laughs> at one point I was trying to recover my guard, and I need myself in the face, and I chipped my tooth. That was a rough match, man. <laughs> that was the worst. But I I love his style. I love I love grappling as Mauricio. He's he's amazing. Yeah, man. His his jiu-jitsu is like is art, you know. It's beautiful mm -hmm. to watch. Yeah, it's super fast and precise. It's yeah. like it's like if um like a a truck was just plowing through you, but it was he precise stop, the whole man. time. Yeah, he, he doesn't stop at all. He gonna he gonna break your cardio. He gonna break your mind. Then he gonna break you. <laughs> and I remember he almost beat Kynan in the open that day too. Yes, he, all the way out there and he was a kinda... referee decision, right? Yeah, it was, and I think that Mauricio actually should have won the fight. To be Me honest, either because because he swapped Kynan and mm -hmm. then the referee gave two points but take it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was very interesting. I was like, no way, Mauricio beat Kynan. Because I fought Kynan too, and then I had to fight both of them. I was like, all right, cool. I got beat by both these guys. So who, I get to just watch as that guy who got his butt kicked on the sideline. Yeah. I've seen Jake and Mauricio. I'm going to have to go back and watch Kynan and Mauricio. Oh, it's a it's a good fight, man. It, yeah, it's yeah. Mauricio. Mauricio has like a – I can't wait to see him compete more. You know what I mean? I know he's been uh, – been, kind of a hiatus from competition but i definitely want to see him compete more yeah for sure so another thing i wanted to talk about since we talked about it a little bit before we started recording but we haven't actually done a review or any preview any material on bgj stars yet and that was this past weekend it was such an awesome event um leo's a black belt under um gutenberg who had just an incredible performance so First of all, like, what was your overall take on the event, like all the fights? Because not only was Gutenberg's performance incredible, but you also had like Bia Mosquita competing. You had Mario Hayes make his return to competition. There were some incredible fights. So, like, what was your overall take on the on the event, Leo? Man, like, was was amazing. You know, for first this we have to thank these guys, like Seth Daniels, this guy from Brazil. The I don't know him. You guys know his name? No, no. I don't. I was just gonna ask you that actually. 
man, this guy that he's made this event, like he's changed the jiu-jitsu level in Brazil. He's doing like he's going to the professional way, you know. He's like he's paying like a large amount of money for the winners, mm-hmm. even for the second place. That's not like it's not it's not common on our sport to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, it's good for us. Jiu-Jitsu, like, it's just winning. Nobody lose. <laughs> it's just winning. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody's winning with the new athletes. Like, is inspiring. Is inspiring new athletes to bring more people for the sport too. So this is really good, man. Even and with the fights, like, what can I say? Leandro Lowe with Alex Muniz, like, that's a good fight to watch. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like, Leandro Lowe. Eric Muniz against uh, Arvid Santos. What a great fight, too. Like, it's yeah. like two generation crashing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the cool thing about that fight was, Aaron, we got to see Eric, how he dealt with Herbert's best, uh, best position, too. He re- he landed in 50-50. And, I, and when I was watching the fight, I was like, oh, man, that's that's if, if Eric's going to get caught in a position, this is kind of the position. Herbert is really good knee bar from there. And he defended super good. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really good to see, like, because you know the guy's game, and you, you keep expect like, man, that's his position. So if it's more like it's big chance to he finish the the fight right there. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what's gonna be his reaction, what kind of position he has for this situation. Then I can I can use you know I can bring for my game and can study. So yeah, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Yeah, it was cool seeing Eric against Pergisa too, because he got into Pergisa's best positions as well. And he was doing a really good job defending the sweeps. He ultimately got swept, but um, it was it was just cool to see how well-rounded his game was. But you know what is crazy to me, man? How how smart is Pergisa for strategy, and also he doesn't stop to fight. Yeah, he he controlled the strategy game. Also, he. He keep in attack, he keep pushing, he keep going forward, you know. He don't he don't try to hold the fight or stall the fight. He he always moving like I think his strategy to win or to hold the fight is moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he knows he knows when to push the pace, when to kind of scale it back a little bit. But yeah, his strategy was was awesome. Yeah, man, like his fight with Guru, the way that he kills Guru's pass, man, that's not easy. That's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, one thing I noticed, and because you uh, know Gutenberg so well, uh, one thing I noticed in his fight with Barbosa, I watch Barbosa keenly because I really want to have a match with him on Fight to Win. Um, I watch him, and also he, I'm medium heavyweight black belt, and that he's pretty much the top of medium heavy along with people like uh, uh, Braguinha and other people, right? Mm-hmm. I watch his fight with... Uh, Hulk Gutenberg did the uh, double pants. He did like a variation, a lot of gripping both of uh, Hulk's pants in the close guard. I thought that was very interesting because he towers above Hulk. Like I didn't realize how big Gutenberg was until I saw him match up with Hulk. It looks like an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, this guy's gigantic. He was grabbing both the pants, and even when Barbosa stood up, he just would hip forward. That's very interesting, and I never seen that kind of super basic idea employed at such a high level. But that is really like that's that's just a variation of the full sweep, right? Yeah, and that position, man. If you if you pay attention, like his first fight against, oh, I think it was Pan Ams Awards, I don't remember, with uh, Lucas Barbosa. Guru played guard as well, but Guru, man. He's like a science 
to, you know, his story, his story a lot about everything. Like, if he likes something, he gonna study this thing till he, like, he get more into this. Like, the way that he studied Lucas Barbosa after his first fight, he realized what kind of guard he has to play, what kind of game. Like, one thing is really hard to see is Guru. Guru going to with the same strategy for the same person that he fought before. He always have a a, a plan a plan for everybody. He's like so precise. He's kind of funny story like in Toledo. Uh, normally we 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 train with each other a lot, and a couple of times he he we we went to a dinner at the 4 a.m just to talk about stuff and he was teaching me a lot about about photography and also business how to teach class uh, everything that i'm doing here in kansas today like it's thanks to him and he he taught me a lot and he's so perfectionist you know everything has to be right if he he's take a picture he's gonna take a thousand pictures and gonna pick one <laughs> <laughs> like me and max we we was one time it was what we was try to to make a uniform for the gym but guru was hard was a hard mission with guru man because nothing is good for him has to be like you know the way they didn't imagine it the way he's on his mind has to be even better on the real life <laughs> yeah man, it's crazy and that position the position that he used with uh lucas he he was he was storing that that thing before we thought we spoke about uh lucas went to on the first fight lucas went to double wonder against guru yeah. and he was there because lucas is short and guru has a long legs so it's bad for lucas to stay on his de la riva so lucas was looking to open his legs and stay between like closer to the hip and avoid the legs so that's why guru come call more for close guard you know that's what uh, that's what I thought. I, I, I didn't ask him about this, but I'm pretty sure it's this. I will ask him later about. And he had that uh, that really close triangle attempt. He inverted, spun around, and threw up a triangle. And a lot of yeah. a lot of people, including the commentators, the English commentators anyway, uh, mm-hmm. thought that that might have been what gave him the ref's decision. I thought so too. I thought it was it was he locked the triangle, and he, whether or not it was close to submitting, it's the m- closest the fight came to being. Finished, and it was an even match. I do think that even regardless of the triangle, Gudo uh, would have won. But um, man, what it was a really cool fight to watch because it, it me being really tall and skinny, like I'm NBA basketball player. You know the ones that like don't look like they lift. Those I'm like that Very body bird. type. Yeah, I'm a big big bird, right? Uh, that's my body type. So watching it from his uh, ability to actually uh, be a much bigger competitor is pretty inspiring for me to fight people like. Lucas, who are explosive and fast, I think it's a really good lesson for people like me who are not super strong, but they're really tall to follow through on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You feel the same when when people try to stretch your leg to pass your guard. You feel uncomfortable in this position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's the same. Like tall guys have the same problem. That's why if you watch my my game, I try to keep my knees always next to my head. You know. Almost yeah. touching my 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 own chest with my knees. Touching the mat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I uh and I've what I've been recently trying to do is get like my guard retention has always been I feel a strong thing, but w- after seeing how you know 
a lot of people at the high level, like Luis Panza, for instance. He had man, his guard is so versatile. He's a huge guy, but his guard is so agile and mobile. Um, watching his fight with Felipe, yeah, Felipe eventually got the guillotine, but man, Luis has a great guard. And that made me think, like, man, just because I'm tall, that's not like a good excuse to not be able to play a really awesome, like, mobile guard. I can't just use that as an excuse. So I've been really working on my mobility even more so than I already try to have a good guard. I've been working on that because when I fight people who are stronger than me I'm, and I get my guard passed because I pushed or I extended my feet past my body, I don't want to be in those situations. Yeah, man. And you, Danny, tell us about what, what do you think about your guard retention? I know you're not tall as a <laughs> as a Jake, but what do you think is the difference like for people that do a guard retention for tall if you have a long legs or if you don't what do you think um it, like the differences between like short legs guard retention versus longer legs yes what do you think i, I feel like the thing. short the short leg people i feel like their guard retention style is more like a marcelo garcia like they use like sit-up escapes um they try and control the sleeves and sit up they can use hooks more to create space um, I feel like the longer people try and keep people like on the end of their feet more and try and keep the distance more. And the shorter people, they can't keep people as far away, so they learn how to use their hooks more to retain their guard. Yeah, butterfly, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, butterfly, bunch of different strategies. I think it also depends on your ability to bend your knee to your butt, right? Like if you can bend your knee like all the way in – all like that. Sorry, I had to lean back. The people on the audio can't see that. But it's like if you can bend your bend your knee all the way and you can touch your heel to your butt, that has a lot to do with guard retention too because I can do that on both my knees. And I feel like I love butterfly guard. I'm a tall guy. I feel like that helps a lot. Even though my shin is long and my thigh is long, I can get my guard back uh, a lot easier that way. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same. Mm -hmm. Dang. I, I yeah. like to... I like to to recover with hooks when the, my opponent has the. I don't see a lot of people doing that when the opponent has the the katagatami. Mm -hmm. He's on your side control doing the katagatami, right? So yeah. you're gonna pass your leg over your own leg and put the hook under his hip. Man, they saved me a lot. Really? Yes. Yes, you lift his hip from the side control with your hook, because if you're flexible, you can do this easy, and your hook can go under his hip easily. When I would roll with, with Leo and he would let me pass his guard, he would do that to me all the time. <laughs> He'd get his <laughs> hook inside and just recover right away. He's like, yeah, I don't feel like letting you have side control anymore. <laughs> Man, I wish we would have done this episode before I went out and fought Pan Ams against Braguina, because he got a katamade me and he tapped me out. And I, all I was thinking about was, dear God, I feel like a toothpaste bottle. And like, well, calf's got to <laughs> pop off, you know? <laughs> He squeezed. He squeezed me ever so, ever so gently, and then it just turned into uh, almost darkness. So I tapped. But I'm gonna keep that in mind. There's a lot of pressure. I, I send you. I send you guys a video later. You guys can can kind of study the position. Yeah, that would see. be it's awesome. It's a good position, and I don't see a lot of people doing that. Actually, I never saw somebody doing that. Please do. One thing that I had, I, I want, I want to get your thoughts on. Now that we're talking about this, by the way, I love uh, how your brain works. It's this is. I'm super excited. Um, one thing yeah, that I'm working on Leo right has now. great guard retention. Not to interrupt, but just so everyone knows, like if you if you can watch any of his matches and you can see how he recovers guard, it's really good. So I'm glad I'm you're be, sharing all this information. I'm gonna be watching for sure. One thing that I'm working on right now, Leo, is um, just in my own development. When I when I uh, compete, I want to be ready. I don't want to be a competitor who. Uh, do you, okay, so let me explain. I guess you know how when Leandro Lowe lost to Adam Wardzinski. Uh, Leandro uh -huh. kind of got swept and then he sort of gave up. 
Like he kind of just yeah. kind of accepted mount and got choked. I don't ever want to be in a position where I don't have the tools to get out. I don't have the tools to escape. So, and I understand that going against the top black belts in the world, I may find myself in a position that is unfavorable. Like I might give up an underhook and end up in half guard. And if I don't know how to escape half guard, giving up an underhook, then I'm going to just die. Right. So I, <laughs> uh, I, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to actively push or put myself with people that I train with in awful positions and have the tools and practice the tools to get out of those positions so that it's not like, Oh no, like it's still, Oh no, obviously I don't want to give up an underhook, but it's not like I'm going to die. And I think that's the next part. I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you, have you ever like, do you put yourself in those positions too? Do you try to work yourself through those kind of training modes? Man, I have, I, I, I'm practicing more this analogy now with my students because first thing that you have to change in your mind is like how to, how to lose train to improve your mistakes. That's really hard for us competitors, man. We don't want to lose nothing. Yeah. Even position, we don't want to. We don't want to lose it for nobody. You know, we want to always be the the biggest dog on the mat. So I start thinking more about this. Like, you know what? Let me pass my guard. Let me see what I can do here. Oh, he has a good control from side control. So this is gonna be hard. Oh, let let he take my back. Let me see how how long I can survive here. And sometimes like, and I realize, man, when was the last time that I trained like that? Like was a long time ago, so if this happened in the fight, if I make one mistake, one grip that I make wrong, the guy just jump on my back, what are you gonna do? Tap? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just give yeah. up? Wait yeah. for the choke? So I'm in, I'm in past this for my students to like, train without pride, train without ego, like tap as much time as you need, but train the position that you have to train. Sometimes the position that you have to train is from the side control, mm -hmm. sometimes you're gonna be on the good fight. Like Braguinha, the best example for this, what I'm saying now, is Braguinha against Max Jimenez in Pan Ams. Mm -hmm. Max took him down, passed his guard, take his back, and was about to choke. So the, then Braguinha come back, the referee stopped the fight, they come back, and Braguinha just submit Max, pass his guard, took him down, pass his guard, and submit. So sometimes, like of course, it's not often, but Sometimes the the fight is not end because you make a mistake because the the opponent passes your guard or took his back, you know. Sometimes you can you can win even after that. It's ten minutes of fight, so you have time. So I think if, if you improve, you, you you can improve your like your game to recover the fight as well. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah I do. definitely. I do. If you train like imagine you're gonna train, you do a specific in your class. Okay, I'm losing by four points. I have to do something, sweep you two times, or pass your guard, neon belly, or do something. Do score more than four points on you somehow, like or submit. Of course, some some opponents gonna try to stall the fight. It's gonna be hard to submit, but and then you have to look for points. People, a lot of people don't understand that. Like, it's not everybody that can submit, so. I, that's why I work with points a lot. But I, I really think you can train to that way too. Like, first thing that you have to open hands is pride and ego. Go man, go there to the man, to the match to improve. Don't matter, don't matter what. You want to improve. You don't want to win on the on the train. You want to improve. Yeah, that's very important. That I think a lot of people need to hear. 
A lot of people need to get that because it, and I, I love that you said we as competitors struggle with that because man, it's true. When I, when you prepare, like you come out of, uh, I haven't competed since American nationals. I'm itching to compete. I want to compete so bad. So like I get in that mode and then I think I can't lose in the gym when actually leaving that ego and being okay with losing in the gym will, will make you better. And it's harder to lose in tournament. That's like a weird thing. I think a lot of people starting out in jiu-jitsu or even like purple belt, brown belt level who have never thought like that struggle with. And I struggle with it a lot, uh, just being honest. Um, but I really, I'm really glad you said that. Danny, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Leo put those thoughts into practice, like practicing positions a lot. So I, I know it's it's super beneficial. I, I've been trying to do a better job of that too, like putting myself in, in bad spots. For me, it's kind of easy because I train with good people who put me in bad spots whether I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my ego doesn't come into play quite as much because I'm there regardless. But but yeah, I think, I think it's super important. I think you can tell the guys who put time into their escapes and their defense – you can tell when they're in a competition and someone puts them in a bad spot. Like I think a good example, too, is Gordon Ryan, actually. Um, like when Craig Jones put him in that arm bar, you could tell he was – like obviously the, the arm was extended and it was in danger, but he wasn't panicking. He was looking for a way out the whole time because you could tell he's been in those positions when he's when he's training. Yeah, man. But like who who never been in this situation before? Like if people get in your mouth, but you don't – nobody in your gym put get, get mount on you. So your opponent going to – Pass a garden mount, you're gonna, oh my god, oh my god, what, what now? What are I gonna do? Like, I just realized I was bad in recovery from side control when I let somebody pass my guard on the train and I say, man, I'm struggling with that. It's, it's hard for me to recover from side control. And then I realized, wait, but on the tournament, people don't go to my side control. <laughs> That's weird, right? And then if one day it happened, what are I gonna do? I just gonna realize in the middle of the match in the tournament inside the tournament that I'm stuck inside control. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's too late. Yeah, that's uh, I man, now you're making me think about all the positions I'm not uh super great at. One thing that I really <laughs> what that I really really like is overcoming one of those things and then going into another tournament feeling the improvement of it, but also. I like keeping track and you're, you're a high level competitor as well. So you probably can relate to this. And Danny, you as well, very high level competitor. One of my favorites to watch actually. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, one thing that I showed, for instance, uh, Gustavo, uh, he pushed my foot down and then I was done. And I was like, wow, that's all it took from collar and sleeve. I had collar and sleeve. I had both my feet up one foot on the lapel. Yes, exactly. All he did was boom. And then he passed. And I was like, dude, I was like, was that really it? And of course, it's on Flow Zone. Everybody at home is listening to commentary. Victor Doria is like feeling sorry for me on the mic. I'm like, dude, this is the worst picture. But then I go to another tournament and I I learn the answer to it. I study the answer to it. I go to another tournament with another good guy and it works. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. This is beautiful. And uh, I feel like that's the stage of development that I'm at. I feel like a show like BJJ Stars, which we were just talking about, kind of highlights that whole thing. I mean, I like getting under the leg. Let's talk about Felipe Pena for a second. Let's kind of just go back to BJJ Stars. What did you think of what did you think of Pena's performance? On BJJ Stars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I think I think Pena is that guy that he's never gonna give up because he's losing by three, four points. And he's also the guy that he has an answer for any situation. Mm-hmm. The guy put him on the fifth fifth, he has an answer. If he took his back, he has an answer for that. 
he gonna like he always know where he's going for like he's he always know the path he has a he has a gps for every single situation yeah, you know? yeah. and man and this make you confident because as much you train as much you are good in something as much confidence you have so that's why people just just grow up after a big a big loss in tournament like you like you grow up with braguinha man you're gonna wait till somebody beat your ass in the tournament to learn something mm -hmm. So go to the train, tap for a couple of people, see your mistakes. Like, okay, people don't go to my side control. So let's try this, let's do this. Let's do a different guard today. Oh, let's pass. I don't, I play guard every day, so let's pass today. So let's see what's happened. So I think Brigis is that kind of guy that put himself in this situation. Of course, you don't go to the train to tap for everybody. You're gonna still fight, gonna give your best. But call that guy that give you trouble with something, that strong guy on the gym, you know, let, let he pass a guard and see what's going on. And I think I think this makes uh, Pregisa confident, like, to fight against big names, you know. Because he was, as he said on his post, his post, he was there to give his best no matter what against Guru. And Guru is good, man. Everybody that's going to fight with Guru knows what he's coming. <laughs> like it's a, a lot of pressure, and one thing that you don't want is good on your on your like that position that he put Meregari, like the arm under, the arm, mm. the hand under the arm P and oh, the head yeah, yeah. Man, the, he put the collarbone on your chin and he stretch you till you give up of, of your guard. And sometimes he don't want to even pass; he just want to stay there. You open your guard till he pass and he don't pass. <laughs> like it's terrible feeling, man. But also, if you train this in your gym, if you have somebody to smash your face from this position, if your opponent gonna do that with you, you're gonna like have three or five seconds to think in some answer, you know? Like you don't gonna be, oh my God, this hurts. No, you're gonna like, okay, I know this hurts. Calm down, let me see what I can do here. You're gonna still think on the pressure. You're gonna gonna be like normal for you, thinking mm -hmm. the pressure. And I Man. think Frigis has this a lot. Yeah. You know what's so funny? You just brought that up. I was actually teaching a fundamentals class yesterday about the double under guard pass, just a classic Bernardo Faria double under. And um, one thing I, what my coach uh, Andre told me a long time ago was some passes are about the pass and some are about the pressure. And like what you the 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 passes that are about the pressure, like the double under or the pass that you just said that Agudo uh, does. Those are about putting pressure and they will give you the pass. Like the pass will open itself through the pressure. And some passes are like instant gratification, leg drag, knee cut, something like it's a fast one. Those yeah. and the, I think it's important as a, as a passer to understand the difference between those two. I love that you just used that that example of the collarbone and the chin, and you just you want to give up, like you want him to pass because it sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> I, I, uh, pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Like I'm tired. Take it. It's take like, the points. <laughs> exactly. I've been in those situations on bottom where I was like, dude, this is the worst thing ever. Can I please just be out of this position? And I've also I'm starting to try to learn it because I I I mean. Let me ask you, Leo, and I'm gonna ask you too, Danny. I know that you your Danny's first tournament was a takedown, but I want to know: um, <laughs> Did you start as a guard player or as a passer? Because me personally, I started when I was t 11, 12 years old. I was very tall and skinny, so being on top, I was like a feather. They would just sweep me, so I had to learn how to be on my back, and I had to basically I had no strength versus the adults I had to go against because I was too tall. 
uh, to be in the kids class for too long. So um, that's kind of how I developed was just being on bottom a lot. How did you guys develop? I'll start with uh, Leo. Uh, for me, I think, I think like for our body type, you know, it's like, it's always the guard. I always call it the guard because I'm flexible. I have, you have kind of, you feel comfortable because you have your mind is telling you like you have control about the situation because you have grips, you have your guard closed, your opponent's not moving side to side too fast. So I think guard is the most attractive for us, you know, to make us comfortable. Uh, that's how I start to on the on the guard. But my my as a as a white belt in my mind was like nobody can open my guard, nobody can open my guard, and everybody every day I, I went home with my 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 legs with bruises this big <laughs> a lot <laughs> of elbows people, in your thighs <laughs> a lot of elbows people try to open and like no you don't gonna open my guard you, you will never open my guard and then this was on my mind and one day i just opened started to open guard and then i, I become like really good in open guard nobody people stopped passing my guard i was really good doing my thing but then when i i was i just realized okay now i'm not i'm not sweeping everybody if i can't make you tap on the triangle if i can't take your back i will lose the fight <laughs> then okay i have to start sweep and try to pass and then it was was a tough year for me because like i sweep you one minute you make me tap i got too tired i have no idea how to pass guard and i tap a lot like for for you though you are beginner it's really hard to understand to understand that it's okay if you tap it's okay if you don't know the position like it's okay you have to you have to realize this is a process gonna take time it's like a long time investment you're not gonna see your improve you're not gonna take a profit right now in five minutes or five days you will see improvement in month in like three months six months you're gonna see oh i'm getting better here Normally this guy make me tap like five times per day. Now he's just making me tap two, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think definitely. this is this is a good thing to think. Like it's okay if you tap. It's okay if you if you suck on day in the training, sucking some position. They're just trying. It's a new thing for you. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely relate to that because we're working some closed guard stuff right now. And like you said, I haven't really worked closed guard since I was like a white or blue belt. And yesterday we were doing the technique and it was just so tough for me. I felt like I was complete white belt in the position. So trying to invest some more time into specific things and hopefully use your mindset and kind of see some of the benefits of that maybe two months from now, something like that. Nice. For sure. So you talked a little bit about like how you were when you started out. Like how how did you originally get introduced to jujitsu? Where did you start, and what was your motivation for getting into training? Uh, I think in Brazil, everybody has the same motivation. You know, you, you want to do this for for change your reality. Because in jujitsu, the most of people that I know from jujitsu, they are not not everybody, but we come from poor areas. You know, we come from uh, finance is difficult for us in Brazil, and we see in Jiu-Jitsu a window to escape from this situation. You know, I saw that the, with Jiu-Jitsu I could come to the United States, I could make money, help my family, and then I think this, this like, give me give me some extra motivation to to practice Jiu-Jitsu. And was my friend from the school too? He just told me like I was really I was really skinny, long hair. 
And uh, <laughs> I think I was 62 kilos. And my friend one day just looks like, hey, Leo, let's try jiu-jitsu. Uh, my friend is teaching jiu-jitsu on, on our field next to my school. And then he was a blue belt. And then he said, okay. I said, okay, let's go. Let's try. And man, since the first day, like, I felt good because I was doing push-ups. I was doing some something. Like, oh, okay, that's nice. I, I want to do that. And then that's... I searched on the Google like about jiu-jitsu. I saw tournaments. I saw Roger Gracie. The first fight that I watched was Jacare against Roger Gracie. And man, that was amazing. This dude was big and Jacare won the fight. And like I couldn't understood why, but I saw like his arm was broken and he won the fight. What? That was amazing for me. And then I started watch highlights, Rodolfo Vieira highlights. Every every day before the training, I was watching Rodolfo Vieira highlights. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I'm gonna be like him one day, man. And that's and that's how everything starts. Like, and then I start looking for tournaments. I I lose a lot of tournaments, but the the motivation to to be good one day like push me, push me through that way. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you start at a at a GF team school? Was the guy who you're learning under was he a GF team representative? Yes, I was. I was, I started on the GF team in Itaboraí. He was under Perninha. Perninha is from from Saquarema in Brazil. So he he has a school in Saquarema, and this dude was under him, Messi Branca. He was under Perninha in Itaboraí. That's my city. There I start, and then I start looking for more tournaments, and this, and but my city is really small. They don't have a lot of tournaments there, and then I have to move to Niterói, it's 40 minutes away from my city, and then after that, uh, I have to change my team. I change for for Grace Maita, and then I start to look for. Actually, who called me for Grace Maita was Masandreo's uh, Mas wife, Brenda. Uh, she hmm. called me to train for her. We was neighborhood in Itaburi. And then and that's how everything started. And I passed six years on the on the Grace Maita training. And then after the Grace Maita went back to Jeff Ching in Maya, no, Rio. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned too that when you started you were looking for competitions and you weren't you were losing a lot in the beginning. You didn't start off winning every tournament. So what was it like going through all those losses and how did you kind of handle that and keep going forward even though you weren't getting the competition results that you wanted? Yeah, it was really tough to me, man. I thought I, I would never win nothing, but I I just put one thing on my mind. You know what? I'm going to try as much as I can. I'm gonna try hundred times. Let's see how many times I'm gonna win. I will win one day. I know that. This will happen. It's about time. But what is funny is like nobody told me that. I, it's just my mind. My mind had this like, okay, I'm gonna try till till this work. I don't gonna quit. I don't gonna quit. <laughs> don't matter what. And then I put this on my mind and I won my first tournament. And then okay, I won my first. There you go. And then I won my second. Okay. So and then I lose five more. And then I won one. And then I won <laughs> one. I won three straight. And then okay, let's see how how, how much I can win. And then I keep like that. My first fight on the blue belt, man. My first tournament was against Hugo Marcus in Brazil. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a was a tough fight. He couldn't pass my guard. And then wasn't the qualify. 
they give the the European pass to to they give the ticket to to fight Europe. And then he just on the last minute he make me tap on the foot, man. Oh, but really? Zero zero, and he grabbed my foot. Tap. On the blue belt was the year to tap on the foot. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> hugged my foot and, and I, ah, <laughs> yeah, it was a tough year, but I learned a lot. So you were blue belt, like that was kind of when it seems like your results started turning around. Like what was it like transitioning from blue to purple? Was purple when you really started winning and making a name for yourself in Brazil? Yeah, purple was 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 when I, everything started because on the blue belt I won more. The most, the most tournaments that I won was small ones. Was I never won an IBJJF in the before. Then I won my first IBJJF on the blue belt, and my coach Alessandro he gave me the purple. My ex coach, and then after the purple, I won a bunch of IBJJFs. I start to get more confidence. My mind kind of changed, you know. Like okay, like IBJJF is not like one. What, what crazy thing? Because that's the problem. You you create a monster in your mind, you know. Yeah. You're like you go to IBJJF, you think, oh my god, I can't, I can't. I'm everybody that's too good for me. Like it's not like that, man. Is everybody afraid to lose like you? Is everybody nervous? Like biggest name is is afraid to lose for <laughs> unknown people, you know. And unknown people is afraid to lose too. So go there, do your best, no matter what. If it's your day. It's your day. If you're not, try again another day. That's the big thing, I think, is realizing that uh, sometimes it's not entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's an important thing a lot of people probably have a hard time wrapping their head around is, man, you can do everything right, and it can still just be someone else's day. Like, it, that, 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 there is that, you know? Like, Nicholas Metagalli, wasn't, if it's his day, it's hard to beat Nicholas, right? Yeah. But man, Gutenberg came out there, had a freaking awesome game plan, and that's just that's just the way jiu-jitsu works. That's all. That's how all combat sports work. Look at uh, man, Clay Guida in the UFC, uh, like a week and a half ago, right? Like, like man, insane. Clay Guida's not supposed to be 40 years old beating a 28-year-old <laughs> guy. Like, he's in the UFC, exactly. had a really, exactly. really awesome day, and I think that that's really something that helped me a lot to uh, to understand as well. Yeah, man. I think people have a hard problem to deal with that. Like, okay, wasn't your day, so move on. They keep, they keep like thinking, oh, I lost this tournament. I lose, I lose, I lose. Why I lose? It's no why. It's no reason why you make a mistake. You, you can lose by a mistake, okay. But sometimes you make a mistake, your opponent don't take advantage from that. So, and then you can win, can still win, but. Don't matter if you make a mistake or not. Someday you can just do your perfect game, play your your best guard ever, and you still lose. So sometimes it's not on you. Just accept the result and move on. It's hard to accept the result sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like even in training sometimes, like you have a really bad day and you just kind of dwell on it. Like it keeps replaying in your head and it kind of hurts you moving forward and kind of halts your improvement a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah, like one thing that can help you a lot is like this: go to, go to the tournament, uh, go to your train without ego and start training without ego. Gonna help you to go to the tournament like ready to give your best, but without ego too. Ready to accept the result, you know. Yeah, I think is that how you start improve this in your mind. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that entirely. I did that. Uh, I had a moment like that. I think the very one of the first times I ever had that feeling was against Mateos Luna, 
at um fight to win in Phil- 155 in Philadelphia. I was very um I was very nervous, but then I I made the uh, conscious effort in my head to be like, you know what? I can't control what happens here regardless. So I need to just hand this over to God. And I just prayed and I handed it over and I said, you know what? Can't do it. Uh, I can't do it alone anyway. So I'm just going to hand this over. I'm going to, I'm going to relax. And then I fought better than I even thought I was going to. Uh, and I think that that, that, and I did that also at the Austin open, my very first black belt tournament. Actually, I, I got like three hours of sleep cause I was so excited <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, now I'm going to fight like garbage. I'm going to fight so bad today. So I was, I just handed it over and I fought good again. So I think there is something to be said for like, yeah, don't, you can't control everything. You just can't. That's just like, if you think you can, then man, you got a lot of, you got a lot, a lot of, learn. yeah, you got a lot to learn for sure because you cannot, you can't control everything about anything really much less. When I think when you understand that and you open your hands, like, okay, my hands are too small to hold my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a Christian as well. Mm-hmm. So I always think like this, like, okay, this problem is like too big for me. So God, that's on you take mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and then you can, man, you can breathe. You can just, okay, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not controlling. If it was me controlling, it's worse because you're going to fail with yourself. And it's hard. I think the hardest thing to do is forgive yourself for something when you push yourself too hard and you fail you like you just like damn i fail i'm not good as i thought <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm not strong as i thought like so, so what now and you, and you and you get completely lost in your thoughts so if you just okay i'm not i'm not i'm not like trying to to hype up myself i'm a human i can make mistakes I don't know what's gonna be today, so I'm just gonna pass for God and give my best. Yeah. Let's see what's gonna gonna be like. Just fight happy, man. Just give your best. Don't push yourself too hard because if you keep thinking you can make a mistake, that's when you make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know what? A beautiful thing about humanity is that uh, it's realizing it's realizing you're human that gives you strength. I feel true strength, true wisdom is the reality that you're not perfect, and no, you and you never can be. But understanding that you don't even know your threshold, you don't even know how good you can become, and that is why we as Christians hand it over to God and we say, you know what, we can't do this alone. It's like you, you give me strength. So this is I'm I'm strong through you. I trust you. Let's do this. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna be everything that you made me to be, and. That's the kind of strength that I that I pray for and I think about before I go out to compete. Um, I think it's very it's very empowering to know like man I'm I a true man is okay with depending on other people. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm cool with it. Like I need it. It's okay to want and need help. You know. Mm-hmm. Love it. I try to explain that for my students sometimes. Like I see white belts, man. White belts on the mat, like they tap and they do their face and they shake heads and they slap the mat, man. What are you doing? Just a white belt, man. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay if you tap on the arm bar for 20 times. So what you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be mad at yourself? No. Say for your opening, man. Can you show me? What am I doing wrong? I don't know. Like, it's okay to say I don't know. It's okay to say, can you help me? It's okay, man. You don't gonna be less, man, because that. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, don't means like they. Don't mean that just because I'm good in something, I'm good in jiu-jitsu, and I make you tap. Uh, like, 
a lot of athletes has this attitude too, man. They they get they kick the dog get in the room with the chest this big. <laughs> oh, you are less human than me because I'm good at jiu-jitsu. So don't talk to me. Man, this is <laughs> this is <laughs> uh this is funny and this is sad at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's about what you find your identity in too. Like I feel like a lot of people find their identity in this. And it's very uh like it's it's not a horrible thing to find yourself to find your identity in something that is healthy and something that is fun and something that causes you to work hard. But if you wrap your entire humanity in, ju- in, in jujitsu and not in being Leo Silva, right? Like if, if you, like you are Leo Silva, the man, the human being, there's mm-hmm. so much about you that is fantastic, right? Not just jujitsu. That's, that's, and that's what I strive for too. That's why we do one of the reasons we do this podcast. One of the biggest reasons is because people like you who are a coloring book of personality, who have a lot of different amazing things going for you, where you're able to explain things, you're able to articulate life through jujitsu. It's not like, Hey man, let's talk about uh, your interests outside of jujitsu. And then you just white noise, you know, that's like, that's not what you do. That's what we want to bring out of people. That's what we want people to see. Because I mean, like we say, I've said this, I haven't said this in a little while, but I'll say it again. We, we talk about people. Like if I had a conversation with somebody like, Hey, who's your favorite basketball player? They would say, ah, LeBron James or someone like that. To to us, LeBron James is a human being who worked really hard, became incredible at basketball and utilized opportunities to become famous. But to some people, they'd be like, you know, without even thinking of it subconsciously, they're like, that guy's a God or that guy is this incredible <laughs> human being. He's a meta human exactly. who is never attainable. Like that's special. It's like, no, you create an idol for yourself. Exactly. And idolization, not good. So, uh, that's, that's kind of what we love to do in jujitsu is man, we want to be people to be like inspired by someone like you who, I mean, jujitsu is a medium by which you live your life. Exactly. And Ooh. if it was for, in many ways of your life, right? You can lose like, man, somebody's trying to smash your face on the mat. <laughs> so what are you going to do? You're just going to like shake yourself to escape? No, you're going to think you're going to be smart. Even if he hurts, even if he's smashing your head. So life is going to do the same with you. Life's going to smash you, man. So yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to sit down and cry? No, think, be smart. What's the best way? How can I solve this problem? Can I solve this problem? Okay, can't. So can I? No, no, I can't. So okay, pass for God. Let's move on. That's it, man. Like life, life is not is not that complicated. We make the life complicated. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 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 I feel like you've given so much good advice for people, just for like training and mindset and stuff. What do you think are some other things that are missing from some gyms, like some of the bigger gyms? Like, what do you think is important for building like a positive training environment? where everyone's helping each other and everyone's improving at the same time and it's not just one big competition. Man, I think uh, the most of the gyms like is about ego. People people go to the gym like, let me see how much I improve. And let me make my friend tap. Let me see. And then they get, they go home like so happy because they make his friend tap. Or the conversation like with a close friends that you see how I make that that guy tap today? I pass his card. <laughs> you see that? No, why you don't say like you change this? Let's change this, okay? Go there with the guy. Man, you saw my my position working today. Man, I'm so happy that position work on your guard because your guard is really good. So uh, thank you, man. So you saw the position that I used to pass your guard. Let, let's train this. Let me show you. Look, I pass your guard right here. So this not gonna work easy as worked before. So then you're gonna have to improve your pass. 
Now, if you have a good armbar and you go to the train every day to meet your friend for 20 times and go home, congrats. You submit your friend 20 times and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. So teach your friend how to escape from the armbar. You submit it three times on the armbar straight. Okay, man, don't do this again. Look, look, I'm I'm connecting my armbar because this. Look, you're missing this. Watch your balance here. You see that foot there? What's that? Don't do that. Man, help your friend. Make him improve, and he's gonna come better for you, and you're gonna have to improve too. So don't go to the gym with your mind. Oh, I want to beat everybody. I want to be like I'm gonna show to my coach that I deserve the purple belt, man. <laughs> Come on, like, show show your coach that you deserve a purple belt doing this. See a white belt having problems. Oh, man, come here, let me help you. Or see a, a beginner have problems. Man, the front row, you're doing front rows wrong. Let me show you how to do a hipscape or do a front row. Let me help you. Like, help people if people are going to help you. People are going to do the same for you. Like, try right. to break the mood of the, like, I have to be tough. I have to go to the gym and, and be tough and be the strongest man and be the, you know, go to the gym to like do your best and help people to give them best to. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. I, I love how you said you should focus on helping people solve the problems that you're creating for them. Like if you're hitting a sweep on someone, you should show someone how to defend that because now you're going to have to come up with a better way to do it or a new variation or exactly. something like that. And it, and it reminds me of that saying like if you're if you're the best person in the room you're probably in the wrong room or something along those lines but it's like you're trying to create a room where people can can give you the most challenges so it's almost like a good thing when you're struggling because it means you're being forced to adapt and to change and to improve exactly my best the best year of my career man was was when I was in the room with Guru Max Mauricio Dante and Wallace and another world champions that was Man, I got beat up for two years every day. <laughs> like, they was passing my guard, just smashing my head. Some days I, I, I couldn't even make one invention somebody. <laughs> like, I got destroyed every day. And that was the best year of my career. I won the most IBJJF that I fought. I got second in the world. Man, was was amazing. Why? Because just because you... You go to the gym and you tap for your friends. Was a bad day of training? No, it's not. It's okay. <laughs> the, your friends are improving. You should be happy for that. Yeah, definitely. You you brought up uh, getting second at the Worlds. I do want to talk to you about that a little bit because you had a really good fight with Levi. And I think everyone, pretty much everyone in the jiu-jitsu community, especially if you follow the competition scene, you know who Levi is and how good he is. And you had mm -hmm. such a, a good match with him. So do you want to talk about – it was the brown belt lightweight final, I believe, at the Worlds, yes. right? Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit um, about that match, kind of how it went, and it, even your whole tournament experience that day because you performed so well? Yeah, sure. Was a was a was a dream day for me, man. I could I could believe like was my first award, so the first was, time you can that was your first time you competed at the worlds. Uh huh. My first. Wow, first that's incredible. And I and I saw myself. I I saw this only TV, you know, internet, and the one day I was there, man. Like I saw Leandro Lo, I saw Bushesha, Meregari, Mohamed Ali, everybody by my side, and I was waiting to do my final. Man, I was looking up like, wow! I can't believe this is a dream. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was what what an incredible day! And I this day like I submit a lot. Of, I submit 
four fights and I want to fight for points. No, I, I won one for points and I, I lose the final for Levi. That man was was great. Was great. Uh, what a fights. good experience. Yes. And the last fight with Levi, I never did that. My entire my entire tournament, I play guard against everybody. So on the final against Levi, we both got three penalties, and then was we was on the last one. I was on his foot, attacking the footlock. I could stay there, but I say, man. And Penem is just uh, I think was, I don't know who was. I think it was Mateus Gabriel. He got disqualified. On the final? Yeah, with the double the double guard pole, yep. Yes. And There's then, a man, double DQ. This is not going to happen with me. Come on. This is not going to happen with me. And then I get up to pass. <laughs> I, I'm not even that good passing guard, but... Man, okay, let me try. Let's go. And then I was trying to pass. but And then Levi almost take my guard, and I give two points to him. I was winning by advantage, and he swept me on the last, like, two minutes or, or one minute, I guess. And I was trying to, I passed the, the, the lapel under his leg to, to sweep, to get up on the single leg, try to sweep. But he hold me there like so tight. I was trying to move, shaking, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't break his grip. Dang. But was that, was that amazing experience? Yeah, <laughs> that was... I asked him, man, man. If I if I didn't get up, like we both would be disqualified. You would you, you wasn't think about to get up to pass, right? And say like, of course not. You have a good guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does not care. He will. He yeah, will he go don't all the care way. at all, man. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he did that at Worlds at the in his first Black Belt Worlds. He literally got disqualified. I was like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> like he just took it. But to I be can't. honest, it's a it's a good strategy because now everyone knows that. Everyone knows he doesn't care. So it's like, okay, if I'm gonna go play the guard pole game with Levi. We're either getting double disqual- disqualified or he's staying down. Oh, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're crazy, right? So, <laughs> and if you take somebody that don't care for like three tournaments straight, you're going to get disqualified three, yeah. three times. Yeah, for sure. Like, you what if he goes against somebody who's a spider? And that was for $100,000. Yeah, man. But but you saw that fight, that final with Mateus Gabriel and Levi. Like, uh-huh. Mateus Gabriel tried to spin to his back on the last second. And he yeah. gave two points for Levi, man. Yeah. That was a great Damn. fight, too. That was a close fight. Yeah, I feel like every Levi fight goes like that because I fought Levi at Purple Belt and we both got three penalties. And I was like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> I was like, he's going to. And then yeah. my, I was looking at my coach. He's like, do it again. And I was like, hey, I can't. You know, I'm kind of nervous, but all right. And then I pulled and the ref is looking at his watch and I counted like 15 seconds in my head. I was like, man, I'm getting up. And then, yep. Sure enough, Levi was like just totally content. I was like, this guy's crazy. If he makes a grip inside my gi, he's getting disqualified. Like that's how <laughs> this works now. Whew. I was and like thinking about like that possibility makes my heart beat in the middle of this podcast. Like my heart is beating thinking about getting disqualified. <laughs> I know. It's, it's me beating, too. Like, Can thinking you imagine about the matches <laughs> on the final of the worlds? <laughs> oh. I, I, that would be terrible. I, I can imagine it because I've seen Jonatas get disqualified in the final of Worlds versus Leolada at Brown yeah, Belt as well. True. That's true, man. Over nothing, too. Over a knee reap. Like, dude. Like, And ugh. he got disqualified two times, I guess. I think Jonatas has got disqualified before, for sure. Yeah, I saw I, I saw one time. I don't remember when it was. When he just passed by my side, he was crying a lot. I think he crossed. Like, I don't remember when it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he has the, like two situations that he got disqualified. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's a he's tough too, man. My goodness. Yeah, man. All those guys are crazy good. Like but, Levi, Levi is like a super interesting beast to talk about in jujitsu. But like, I feel like Jonatas is uh, probably one of the scarier Autos guys. If I had to pick, like, actually, because I don't, I don't think Ronaldo or uh, or like the other brown belt and black belt guys are super scary. Like they're really good, but scary. Like if they pass my guard, I'm not gonna get my guard back. That's what I'm scared of. Because uh-huh. with Ronaldo, if I get my guard passed, I'm at least going to get my guard back and have an opportunity. I might get it passed again, but it's not going to stay there. The fight's not over, you know? Because yeah. I've had fights with Ronaldo. He's going to space. He opened too much scrambles, you know? Exactly. But, like, Braguinha or Jonatas or Kainan, they're like, man, if I get my guard passed, the fight's it's over. over. They, yeah, they, it's are, over. they are precise, you know? They go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah, it. You, you give an inch and it's over against those guys. It <laughs> sucks. Try like fighting. Lepre. Lepre? Yeah, yeah, Lepre Lepre too. Yeah. yeah, Lepre too. Definitely. Man, one of my dreams is fight against Lepre. Yeah, that's a, that's a segue into my next question, actually. So, you comp- I know you've competed a couple times at Black Belt, but like, what are your goals competing as a Black Belt? Do you want to win the Pans, win the Worlds, like all the majors? Is that what you're aiming for? Or do you have like other types of goals for competition as well? Yeah, man. I, I think I want to win as much as I can. Awards... Opens like GGF, whatever. I want to put at least my name on, on top 10, you know, if I can. But of course, I wanted the title and I want to fight against the biggest names, man. I want to fight the guys that, that I watch. I want to fight the, like, I want to fight Lepre. I want to fight Levi again. I want to fight Jonathan Alves one more time. I want to fight, you know, the biggest name. I want to fight mm-hmm. Jake, Jake Watson one day. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Seth Daniels. Hello, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> wow this is the friendliest call out i've ever had yeah because how much do you weigh my weight's one, 179 179 like, yeah oh you're like you're only like five you, you cut to lightweight though two times right yeah yes i cut to uh i cut to 168 yes yeah Okay, well, I don't cut, and I fight yeah, 195. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm working on gaining weight right now, actually. I walk around like 189. That's yeah, where I walk around. Tall. Yeah, because I'm a tall and skinny guy. I want to yeah. gain weight and fight freaking. I want to be able to like be the same weight as the competitors I'm fighting. <laughs> no, definitely not. You can make that joke all you want. Bomba's not for me, man. You should take some acai, bro. Not that out. No, Bomba just acai. <laughs> no, I'm natural. I'm all I'm all natty. <laughs> I heard I heard if you go to California. Oh no, man! I was <laughs> I got it in my in my veins already. I was born there, and then oh, I moved. Okay, to, okay. I live in Arizona, <laughs> so I'm I'm not a. Uh, you know what's funny though? Funny story. My very first black belt tournament, I fought Diego Gamonal, and he uh he was like, yeah yeah uh in in Texas, and he's like, hey man, remember that after the fight we got off the mat? He's like, hey man, remember. You're gonna get tested by a uh, Yusada, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know." And he was like, "Man, you might uh, you might wanna stop do the stop doing the steroids, you know?" <laughs> and I was like, "What? Like, I don't know if like, I can." I man, just, you're strong. I've been doing it for so long. No, he's like, "Man, you're really strong." You're like, I don't believe in on steroids, and I was like, well, "Come on, man, look at me. Like, this is not. I'm not a big dude. I'm over here like, oh, sorry, what? I take height steroids. That's what I take. I take a steroids to make me taller. But yeah, people have accused me of being on steroids, and I'm not even a strong guy. I just make good grips. That's it. I got good grip strength. That's what I have good. But everything else, nah. I don't know. 
I'm not a strong dude at all. More yeah, a lot of people t- told me that before on oh, the awards that I got second. A lot of people was asking me, Leo, you want steroids, huh? You look too big to a lightweight. I mean, I wish, <laughs> but I'm too scared <laughs> to take steroids. I'm too scared. You just don't. <laughs> yeah, you got second in the world. So you don't even need it. I think yeah. like I think it's a probably little bit guys of a who were on it. <laughs> if you think you Man. can't win without it, you know, like I don't, I don't believe. I believe that I can win worlds and be a world champion without steroids, 100%. I, I have this conversation a couple of years ago with Dante. You know, I think he. I I thought I thought we we spoke about the same. Like if you need something to make you confident, it's because you are insecure. And you have to work on your mind. Like, steroids don't make you win. Of course, help you to recover, train more, and you're going to have more strength. But you can, can still get, lose for a technique. You know, if your opponent is better than you and jiu-jitsu, they're going to beat you. Yeah. So I think you, you need to work on your mind, something to give you confidence, you know. Work with your weakness thing, your blind spots. Like, what are you afraid of? The guy pass your guard? Okay, let people pass your guard, you know. Stop be scared about this. Stop be scared about, I don't know, get taken down in the beginning of the fight. And you got too scared because the opponent has two points. Oh, my God, what do I have to do now? Oh, man, calm down. <laughs> get, you just need more confidence. I think it's all about that. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Even to fight against guys that take steroids. If you are afraid about their strength, call somebody strong to train with you. you know? Call the strongest guy on your, on your gym. Train with him every day. Mm-hmm. Or you can order horse meat and eat that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just eat horse meat and uh, San Diego diet. imported acai, <laughs> and uh, and then you'll and then you'll be good. You'll be super strong. Yeah, that's, man, true. that's true. And about what do you guys think about Roberto Jimenez and Isaac? I thought Roberto's eyebrows oh. were super weird. <laughs> I think shaved eyebrows freak me right out, man. Like I, I know that that's not the first thing I should be talking about, but what the hell, right? Yeah, like what? that is rough. It just, I don't know. I've had some, and I'm not gonna talk about him here on the show on air, but like I've had some conversations with Roberto Jimenez that are like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I was, I was with William Tackett and Cody Steele talking about, so just like something with them because I like to make friends in the community, like. That's I love being the kind of guy that like no matter who I fight, no matter what the result, I make friends and develop friendships so that when my career's Sorry. over, I can have friends and I can uh, take jujitsu to other people and further the development of jujitsu, kind of like how Bernardo Fadi is doing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so like I'm talking with all of them. Cody did really good. William did really good. And then Roberto comes up and just has like a completely whack conversation, like just so <laughs> weird. And then I see that the eyebrows thing. And I was like, man, Izaki better beat this guy. Otherwise, he's going to lose to a guy that looks like he sells crack. You know? <laughs> but I thought That's the fight true. was really good. I think that um, Roberto is so amazing at scrambles. You know what I mean? Like, he's so amazing at creating situations where his athleticism can take over. Only thing is, Izaki is way more athletic than Roberto. <laughs> yeah, man. Izaki is a, is a His game, if you pay attention to his game, I was studying his game on Dante's fight. He always go to body lock, body lock. He change, he tra- make always transition. Single leg, double leg to body lock. Single leg, double leg, body lock. He always looking for the body lock. Because his position, he all game, his entire game, uh, no gi game, come from body lock. Even for no gi, man, he always looking for body lock. Like, I fought with him, Pan I fought with him two times. 
and he always looking for hug hug your hip and go to your back. Mm-hmm. He look a lot for to hug to hug on the hip. You bought him a no gi panams or gi panams? Gi gi. See when I, I bought, bought him at brown belt, he did a lot of the leg weave stuff. I didn't know if he was going to be going for that game plan at um versus Roberto. Yeah, his game kind of changed. Kind of changed from I fought with him 2019, mm-hmm. and his game changed since then. It wasn't the same game when I fought with him this year. Hmm. He was looking for more leg drags, and uh, the other the other the other fight, he was looking more for long step and knee slides. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a great fight with him and Izak. I felt like Izak was going to be able to shut down a lot of his back takes and, and those type of maneuvers. So I kind of went into it thinking Izak was going to win a decision, but it was cool. I love some of the transitions. It's really it's really fun to watch the, the different types of ways Roberto tries to take the back. And like you said, the body lock attacks are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty unique part of his game. Um, so, that, yeah, that was a great fight. Yeah. But his style, man, I don't know, kind of, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean and, the, aesthetically? <laughs> <laughs> and his his dad, his dad sometimes too, man. His dad, like, he go, he he gets some extra reaction, overreaction on the, his fights. Oh yeah, he was uh at Third Coast Grappling. Raul is uh because I was going against a Gracie Baja guy. He's coaching me. And I'm like, I love everybody. So I'm like, why? I don't want to be associated with this crazy guy. Like, I, <laughs> I, I love Raul. I love everybody. Keep this in mind. Uh-huh. But like the picture painted for people who don't know me might be like, this guy trains with Raul. And like, I don't. I, I, train, I don't I don't. live in the same state. Right. <laughs> but if a crazy, like, let's say Danny's a competitor and I'm just a, a guy who hates whatever guy he's going against. I'm going to go, yeah, Danny, let's go. Like, yo, this guy's nuts. This guy is totally associated with that competitor. I didn't want that picture to be painted. So I apologized for myself to the guy that he was, you know, yelling yeah, at. I was like, hey, I'm th- I, I apologize for that. I don't, I'm, I don't know him, but I do know him kind of. Um, but yeah, Rahul, uh, one time uh, Gustavo Batista was competing. He's like, come on, Gustavo, it's $10,000. You can buy a car. Gustavo, come on. Come on, Gustavo. <laughs> and I'm dying laughing because I know that Roberto is waiting in the finals for Gustavo and he's coaching Gustavo just because the competitor Gustavo is going against. And I'm like, dude, that is just so petty, but it's so funny and i'm like commentating the show i'm like oh gosh this is hilarious man i love i love uh i love some good old jujitsu hilarity that's what that's <laughs> yeah our com our our com- community people is like it's like pretty interesting you know have a lot of yeah. different people <laughs> very diverse it would be cool to make like some sort of video series to like just like a like a docu like a documentary kind of docudrama or whatever to like uh-huh. see the community and how it interacts with each other kind of in an unfiltered sense like hey this is what happened at this tournament we make a documentary about the tournament that's an episode and whatever happens that tournament okay cool now we can expand and we can expand on that and that can increase interest in the jiu-jitsu community rather than just making the same old Gordon Ryan thing all the time or mm-hmm. I like that they're making the Marcus Bochecha documentary that's gonna be awesome I can't wait to watch that I'm actually gonna watch that because he seems like he's lived a really interesting life and like being best friends with Leandro Lowe, like that that's gotta be a little crazy too. So <laughs> I love that they did you see him pop open the beer for Leandro? I saw man. That's but I think that's a sponsorship. I don't think he because he didn't drink it and he held the logo out. 
So I don't uh, think that's okay, I don't okay. think that's like Bushesha going, here's a beer to drink on the mat and do this thing that's obviously gonna be controversial. I think it's Leandro's so probably sponsored by a beer company, which is really funny and fitting. Like it make <laughs> like I wouldn't be approached by a beer company, neither would you. Because that's just <laughs> image. Yeah. Uh, but Lejandro is like, oh, that's the guy that drinks and parties and wins. Oh, your company. Here we this go. This guy oh. fights what's drunk and win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy. This guy's pre-workout is Miller Lite. That's awesome. This guy. This guy drinks One Miller Lite before the game. I was. I was blue belt in in 2014. I went to Cicero Costa in São Paulo to fight Abu Dhabi trial. And then. Man, Leandro Lowe just got in the train drinking Coca-Cola, eating pastels, <laughs> so... And he just go there, train with everybody, like... It, it, he didn't even warm up. He just put his gear and go. <laughs> that's yeah. it. And that, so that's funny. it. It's, it's his train, like... And if you watch his fight, man, it's like everything... is no details. It's no adjustments. He just go and go. Yeah, yeah, he went on the leg, he grab it, and do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. He's definitely got extreme confidence in his game. Yeah, man. Uh, and then you can see, like, what we spoke before about this. It's about your confidence, your mind. You know? He's so confident about his game. He don't stop. He, he gave his best to the last second. And then he just lay on the mat like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he think about stop and rest. But during the mat, man, he almost has a, have a heart attack. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know he yeah, breathes he really, really heavy. Yeah, he, uh, he's definitely like. <laughs> but he don't care if you are strong. He don't care if you're gonna pass his guard. If you're gonna take him down. Just give his best. So I think that's why he's Leandro Lo. You know. Uh, yeah. That's why everyone loves to watch him so much too. Oh, for yeah, sure. Man. Love to see it. Who is liking him a lot is Mauricio. Mauricio man is like a Sherox. <laughs> Leandro Lo Sherox. <laughs> his yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I definitely feel that. And one thing I noticed in my fight with Mauricio that I thought about for myself is just the ability to like, like not only is it very, but it's preparation, like to be prepared. Because one thing, and this is one thing that I the, like the one of the last things I want to say that I learned recently. Uh, every a lot of people, like ninety five percent of people, this is something my coach told me. Ninety five percent of people have the will to win, like the extreme will to go out there and fight as hard as you can. But mm-hmm. not everyone has the will to prepare. Not everyone has the will to wake up on your like your back hurts to get up, do whatever you can to further your progression. Maybe you have to take a break from lifting. Cool. Wake up, eat the right food, do your stretching, do your recovery, focusing on your goals. That yes, not sir. everyone has the will to prepare to win. A lot of people have the will to go out there and fight hard, but you won't be able to fight well unless you have the will to prepare. So that's what I'm focusing on now. And that's why I'm like writing stuff in a freaking planner. Uh, my coach bought it for me. It has flowers on it, which is uh, <laughs> feminino, but uh, not, exactly, not exactly what I would have wanted. But I'm writing it down in a planner. So uh, I don't know if anybody can hear, hear the amazing advice that you've given. Hopefully I, that will impart some wisdom onto you guys as well. Yeah, for sure. So, Leo, it's been about an hour and 15 minutes almost. So, it's been an awesome interview. We really appreciate all the advice you shared. I think people will get a lot out of this interview, just like the mindset stuff with training and just hearing about your journey and stuff. It was so awesome. I was super happy you came on. Hopefully, we can uh, get back together at some point. Yeah, hopefully, we can train again sometime soon. That That was really fun when you were out here in Arizona. 
Yeah, man, I miss you guys a lot. I, I will that definitely, definitely I will. So if you guys wanna come here one day for Kansas City or any tournament, or if you guys just wanna come here and train, spend some time with me, let's let's do some doc documentary. That you documentary, wanna do. yeah. Documentary. Let's do it. So we'll let's team do up. It. So come <laughs> yeah. here, we can hang out. You can, you guys can stay with me. So it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, that would be oh, incredible. We will more anything else you touch. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you wanted to to talk about or any other any seminars you wanted to advertise or sponsors anything like that? Uh yeah, my, I would like to to thank my sponsorship uh Browse. They they are with me since I was brown belt, so thank you, thank you them. Thank you Renato, that's the owner. So and Max uh, if you if you guys are around Kansas here, we're gonna have Max Jimenez seminars on February 20 in nice. Junction City. So you guys can know better about this on my on my Instagram or the Gene Instagram RSMMA. So everybody's welcome. And awesome. thank you guys for for having me here. Like uh, Jake Jake is amazing compared to you are my friend man. So. It's a, it's a pleasure to maybe here. Like it's yeah. really good. It's really I'm really glad to know that Jacob is also a, a brothers in Christ. So just make me happy, man. One more. Hey, man. God is my strength. Oh. <laughs> Got it. Jake shirt says God is my strength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we we should definitely have you back on for for some more stuff. I'd love to like break down some events with you and uh, maybe break down love. one of your matches. We do stuff like that too. Maybe an Instagram live. I don't know. We'll we'll come up with with some ideas. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we would we would love that. And uh, uh, I want to thank you, man, obviously, for, for extending the invite out to us. And I'm definitely going to be uh, uh, gaining weight so I don't have to fight you. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm Get definitely going to be rooting for you always, man. Uh, you're an amazing competitor yourself, and I appreciate the compliment. Um, but what, what were you going to say? I kind of cut you off there. Uh, yeah, uh, if you guys need, I have a... Uh, no, Danny knows about this. I have my... My Instagram page over under, so oh, we yeah, can yeah, use yeah. that to to do some partnership with you guys podcast. Yeah, over, over under is it over underscore under BJJ? BJJ? Yes. Yeah, right. check that page out. It's got some really cool clips and stuff. Um, yeah, every, any anyone will benefit watching that. Really cool competition stuff. Yes, it's good. We we can I don't know post some videos there, interviews and whatever. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Sure. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll be thanking sponsors too now. Um, <laughs> make sure you go follow Leo at everything that uh, he just uh, mentioned, uh, including Browse Fight and um, Over Under. We want to thank Election Performance for giving us the tools that we need to be marginally more attractive uh, and also for our <laughs> jiu-jitsu to be just phenomenal. Like I want to be strong. I want to be so strong that I could double leg an ox on all four of its legs at the same time. Uh, and also I uh, implore you guys to use OpenGuardCast25. That'll give you guys 25% off of their programs. We want to thank High Tier Photography, Chill Fit Cryo, Agro Brand, Eddie Welch, you sir. If you ever hear my compliments that I give you at the end of the episode, then you probably know by now that I think you are a huge asset and you are just such a big help to the uh, to the podcast. We thank you so much. And I uh, definitely want to thank Break New Ground. We want to thank Marcio Andre Academy and Maracaba BJJ. Oh, Make sure you guys – Marcio Wara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one of these. I'm actually learning Portuguese right now, Leo. So it's it's oh, difficult. Oh great! Estou aprendendo Portuguese. I'm trying. Oh my look, best. that was a good one. I'm trying my best. I don't want to sound like a gringo either. Oh, right? Okay, okay. So <laughs> I, now. I don't like, want to. Uh, I don't want to be like. Oh, what was that? 
It just sounds like a carioca now. Carioca? Carioca. carioca. Who, who is, lives in Rio. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'm okay with that. As long as I sound like a part of Brazil and not like I'm from the Valley of California, right? Like, I don't want to be like, okay, so... Um, Where's my white mocha? Caro Agredecer. <laughs> yeah, well, Where's my white mocha? white mocha? But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. This has been an amazing episode. Leo, Deus abençoe você. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, and Danny, if you have no more further questions, then you can take us out of here. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. This is episode 78 with Leo Silva. You can follow him at nice. Leo Silva BJJ on Instagram and at over under BJJ on Instagram too. And we will see you guys later this week.